Hey, this is Mike from Theology on Mission podcast, and this podcast is recorded over Zoom. So the quality isn't the best, but we make it work as we invite our old co-host, Jeff Holsclaw, back on the show. Another note, our Theology and Mission lectures with Fleming Rutledge are still happening, but we are going to do it over live stream. I'm going to fly on out to New York, sit down with Fleming, as she talks to us about how the cross shapes the church for mission during a time of suffering. Go to seminary.edu backslash Brady and register. Tell your friends, coworkers, co-pastors, colleagues to jump on, register, and you can ask Fleming questions about the church's response and mission during this uncertain time. Hey, uh, question. Uh, you have an aquarium in your dining room? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, just two goldfish, yeah. Yep. Oh, my. It gives you something to look at. Oh, my. <clears throat> Feeling it already. <laughs> Feeling the peace of this moment. All right, let's go. Yeah. Ready? Ready when you are. All right, so let's just imagine the music's going right now. Let's do it. Hey everybody, we're uh, back out of uh, quarantine. Oh, really? And we're actually uh, going to do another live session of Theology on Mission. Uh, sorry, Theology. Is this Theology on Mission or Theology and Mission? Uh, I think this is on. I could never get those straight. It was all yeah. because of that whole squad trying de- developing two different brands at the same time. I know, I know the preposition and the conjunction. I confuse them all the time myself. Absolutely, but here we are, folks. Theology on Mission podcast, the place where mission meets theology and the questions we have to engage in to uh, engage the world for Christ. And uh, how you doing there, uh, Mike Moore? Uh, I'm good. Whole squad, don't talk yet. I got to introduce you, properly. <laughs> uh, Moore. How you doing through the quarantine? You just gave it all away, Dave. <laughs> uh, I'm, do- I'm doing good. Uh, I will admit I'm wearing sweatpants right now. Well, at least you're wearing pants, and I don't even want to, you know, I don't really <laughs> even ask our guest if he's wearing pants. But, you know, there has been these episodes, uh, this is the, ma- the, ma- the monster Zoom calls that are going around the world. There have been people exposed for not wearing their pants. I- this is going to go off the rails here in a minute. <laughs> okay, but bring ju- it back in. But, but just to give a, head, a hat tap to that, folks, uh, it's true. Uh, uh, it's a whole new world. The Zoom uh, call, and we are on uh, Zoom uh, podcasting today. Mm-hmm. And we have a very special guest to uh, approach a very special topic. His name is from the past. He moved to Grand Rapids, which is where all good reformed people go. And, yes. and that's, you know, uh, a question I have to ask him eventually when we get around to it. All good reformed charismatics go to Grand Rapids. <laughs> but he's here today. His name is Jeff Hosklaw, former uh, co-leader of this podcast from many years ago. Mm-hmm. Hosklaw, how you doing? Welcome into the Zoom world of Theology and Mission podcast. It's great to be with you guys. And just to check in, I'm wearing a collared shirt with a cardigan to stay warm. And I'm mm-hmm. wearing jeans and a belt. I do have slippers on, though. So that's the way I'm, I'm keeping it yeah, casual in the house. So, But I'm, I'm fully <laughs> robed. I'm ready to go. When you work from home, you got to dress 
got to dress appropriately. Otherwise, it's hard to get into the work vibe. So that's true. what I found. So, uh, so true. Yeah, yeah. We're here Somehow to help the people this... in the midst of lockdown and quarantine. That's what Theology on Mission is here for. Yeah. And, and, and so, okay. by the way, I feel uh, a lot more at ease now that you told us that. And uh, I will say that uh, I haven't changed my clothes in about 22 years. I'm wearing the same thing <laughs> I wear every day, no matter what. It's true. So, it's true. I got a black sweater, yeah, black yeah. Off, and some jeans on. I know. That, so, that, that sweater you're wearing right now, I know the elastic on the bottom isn't holding up, is it? I, I know that sweater you're wearing. Yeah, look at, look at that. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, people don't want to hear all sorry, the sorry, details sorry. here of our lives oh. and the way we dress. Uh, the reason why we're here, Mike Moore, uh, and I address you first, yeah. is uh, because uh, Hoseclaw went on his Facebook, and uh, um, and he, I guess he got uh, uh, locked into a post that I made on my Facebook. Um, so, folks, uh, first thing, advertise here. Fitch has a Facebook page. Hoseclaw has a Facebook page. But he went, we both, he started a rip on uh, Mike Frost, Dave Fitch, uh, Mike Frost wrote this post. I thought it was great. I linked it. Um, it was entitled. Uh, hold on a minute. I got it right. It was here, entitled. I, I don't even know. I love it. But it was. It was, uh, it was, it was entitled "Corona Coronavirus Could Set the Church Back Twenty Five Years." Yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and Mike Frost <laughs> he was going after our pal. I, I, I really don't know Kerry Newhoff, but he's a Canadian kind of Ed Stetzer kind of guy uh, who follows church growth tactics and so forth. And Newhoff was uh, in his publication uh, in association with Barna Research was saying forty nine percent of all churches are growing right now. Compare that to ten to fifteen percent that were growing before the pandemic. So he reports literally in thirty days. We've moved from a tiny percentage of churches growing to virtually half of all churches in North America growing. What's even more surprising is that growth trend holds up in every church size category. If you have 75 people, 750 or 7,500, or for that matter, 75,000, these things are growing. And, and, and Frosty says, you think this is a good thing. But Frost gets uh, um, starts to... Uh, worry that we're going back to the old attractional problem, uh, church shoppers. And uh, whereas in the past they had to drive around to actually go into a favorite church and see what they got, goods and services. Now all we have to do is, is uh, we don't have to leave the comfort of our homes. Church shopping now just takes a click and a mouse or whatever else you use. It's Uber Eats for churches. And so he's worried that uh, we're now setting back the mission church movement, the incarnational church movement, uh, 25 years. Now, uh, I actually uh, uh, put that on my Facebook post. I don't know what I said. I said we've gone to uh, measuring butts from butts in the seats, BS, to butts online, which is BO. We've gone from measuring BS to BO. I mean, you can't you can't imagine a worse move. <laughs> and, and, That's and good. I like that. Got, that is good. I like that. Yeah. Old Holesclaw <laughs> got his undies in a bunch, is what we used to say back in the old life on the vine days. He got a little uh, teed off. Give us your argument, Jeff, as to uh, what what your beef was with Fitch and Frosty going after Newhoff. Well, I just want to start off with I don't know uh, why we can't 
be in a posture of celebration, you know, if the church is growing. So you and Frost, like, you want to see the church decline, Gosh, and you want to see not it, it not be uh, growing and celebrating and taking opportunities to preach the gospel. So, I, you know, I, I'm just bewildered why <laughs> you and Frost would just be so down <laughs> what's happening in the world. So I, I guess I feel like you guys need to be the ones defending the sour grapes and the hand-wringing. Okay, okay. So before I go after you on that one, uh, you had a much more intelligent argument on Facebook than that one. That, one, that, that one's a little too easy to rip into shreds. Give us your argument from Facebook, okay? My argument from Facebook was that um, that I, I felt like, and I put this in the terms of a boomer boxing match between, on the one side, the missional church, uh, represented by Fitch and Frost, um, and on the other side, the... Um, the church growth, mega church kind of proponents, which would be Carrie Newhouse, maybe Ed Stetzer. Um, Newhoff. Newhoff, sorry, not, not who asked. And so, and I felt like th that dynamic between this is consumer church, this is not consumer church, online church is the future of the church, online church is the death of the church, that this, it felt like old tropes that I wasn't sure fit the current context. And I mentioned that the rise of the megachurch happened in a very prosperous mobile time in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, and it sought um, kind of like the homogeneity and all these types of things. And people were moving and wanting to rethink re their faith. And they were, in a real sense, I think, consumers of the religious goods and services. But I don't think that now all those categories or those concerns fit with people who might be like the nuns and the duns, people who have lived through two, if not three economic crises, seen their retirement accounts tanked multiple times and still only be in their 40s, uh, rather than kind of riding the wave of the late 90s, you know, the prosperity there. Uh, so I, I think like the cultural moment is totally different. And I'm not sure that, as I said, the old tropes, and I was pointing, you know, at you and Mike, I'm not sure that these, these, uh, old concerns about a consumer-driven megachurch mentality are fitting the moment, and maybe we need to be a little more nimble in how we think about these things. Was that nuanced? Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good, actually. Uh, so uh, I'd like to uh, kind of take this in a few little bites. Uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to say uh, I think you're over-stretching uh, uh, Frosty's post, making it say probably what he didn't want to say but here's the good part of what i think frost was saying and that is uh that uh when you put by the way carrie newhoff my guess I, i've run into him a couple times in canada carrie if you're listening uh we we've just passed in the night at a few conferences in canada but carrie newhoff is kind of like uh uh eddie stetzer here in in the states he's probably in his uh 50s early 50s at most he actually looked Carrie, if you're listening, you look probably younger than that, so you might be 40, but you're not From a From the neck down or the like, neck up? We always need to qualify well, that. <laughs> we won't get into that, but uh, uh, so I don't want to, Carrie, I think you're younger than both Frosty and me, but the point is, uh, I think Frosty has a point in that um, I, and, and this is <clears throat> maybe something that I also have made a point of on my Facebook post, is uh, there's a lot of good that can happen. We, we need to talk about that. We need to nuance that. A lot of good that can happen out of these uh, new forced, uh, secluded, uh, isolated Zoom kind of meetings, uh, uh, broadcasting, uh, morning services, etc. cetera. Um, but something that is maybe what we need to be wary of, and this is kind of what I think Frosty's after, is um, 
We need to be wary of competing for existing Christians by broadcasting production quality morning services and then uh, broadcasting various the various platforms, trying to acquire a bigger uh, hearing uh, because I think that inevitably shapes a subjectivity which hurts, actually sets back discipleship. And it gets people acclimated towards going towards the most, uh, the the best delivery systems, the best, smoothest, uh, craftiest uh, delivery of good sermons, good music. And I think that is a problem. Wouldn't you agree, uh, uh, Jeff Holsklaw, wouldn't you agree, Mike Moore, you young, by the way, I think you, aren't you, are you a Gen Z or a Gen X? Uh, I think, I think Jeff is Gen X barely. He's maybe almost a millennial. Yeah, no. I'm, a, I'm a cusp millennial, as they say. I was born in 1978. Um, so uh, millennials the, technically the, are 81 and after. It depends on how people define it. I, you know, I, I do complain about the weather, as you mentioned. Uh, so I'm from California. I grew up in Silicon Valley. So I think some of the tech um, nimbleness I do get as more of a millennial because I was raised with computers in my elementary school and things like that. So I was like, I had personal computers as part of my whole upbringing, whereas a lot of Gen Xers did not have. Per- so anyways, we don't need to get into all this. So yeah, I'm like right on the, on the edge there. <clears throat> okay. I, well, I'll, I'll jump in and say, yeah, Dave, I, I agree competing for people's viewership on Sunday is bad, um, but I don't, I don't know if that's what everybody is doing. I, I think the churches that are competing for viewership are, and counting this as church growth are probably already attracting our churches in the first place. Um, I think the technology can work in a more nuanced way, whether it's like when it's broadcast, just like me to a bunch of people watching me, or if it's interactive, kind of like this, what we're doing now. I, uh, to Jeff's point, I just think there's like a few more nuances and maybe a couple other things that are happening here that makes it push against the attractional incarnational. Uh, okay, so I'll accept that uh, that argument that the people are doing attractional via Zoom or other broadcasting platforms. We're probably doing it pre-COVID-19, and they're only aggravating it. Um, so let me ask you both this question then. Uh, we at our church, Peace of Christ Church Westmont, had a few people, I won't mention any names, who wanted to put our Zoom link on our website. I preferred, I said, not. Let's have our service local and uh, let's make it available to people who are local. Like, for instance, I'm actually worshiping when I'm on Zoom on Sunday morning or preaching on Zoom on Sunday morning to people who probably I could walk to their house or at least drive a mile or two. And, And I, and I, and I would suggest that by doing that, we did have visitors, but these visitors were people that we were in connection with through the various local ways we are engaging. And so we did have visitors, but we gave that, that Zoom link to them. Would you, yeah. Mike Moore, would you, Holesclaw, put your Zoom link on um, on your website? Would you broadcast it on your Twitter feed? Would you broadcast it all over that infamous Facebook page you have now going where, where tons of people like... And by the way, I was busy that day. You wrote this whole thing up 
against Frosty and me. And, and, uh, <laughs> I, 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 and I, then I got back to it six hours later. And I go, what is Old School I've done? And, I, and by, <laughs> by the way, somebody accused Frosty of clickbait. And I said, I think there's probably one other person we could accuse of trying to get clickbait here, but I won't mention his name. Anyways, there's what do you think about to, so my I just question? Posting. So I would actually turn uh, – I would turn it on you. Why, why wouldn't you just, um, why in this moment would you not put your whole service on Facebook Live? Because uh, there might be people listening to this podcast or other of my means of media, which I consider organic. I do this because out of the various tasks and things I do out of my life, I'm not doing it to explicitly, you and I've had this discussion, explicitly explode a platform to sell things. And um, I believe that I should be preaching to people and I should be ministering with people who I am connected to incarnationally. I am not interested in expanding this ministry, which is, which is the ministry of the local ecclesia body, including the proclamation of the word. I'm not interested in making that into something decontextualized. Right. And so what I hear, uh, you know, and I'm reading into this from many years of just, you know, doing ministry with you and partnering with you. Like what I'm hearing is I don't want to be a celebrity pastor. I don't want to create a platform to sell products. I want to be local and organic and I want to be engaged in the mission of God. Um, and I value all those things and, and I get those things. Um, and I think those are good critiques of certain models of the church. The reason why I posted, uh, and I think the thing that kind of tweaked you and Michael Frost was the word that I use, which is hand wringing. Like why all this hand wringing at this moment about online church or um, because like I find it kind of this reflective kind of out of that moment of critiquing the mega church. And I'm not sure that these things fit. And so I'm not sure that the concern not to be a celebrity pastor fits this moment. I'm not sure that I'm, uh, people are going to perceive us as just building a platform fits this current moment. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like saying, uh, if you go to the doctor all the time, you're hot contract. It's like, well, that could be true in principle, but right now, if you need to go to the doctor, you should go to the doctor. Or if you wash your hands all the time, you're probably a hypochondriac. That is technically true, but right now people should be washing their hands all the time. Right. And so I feel like it's, it's these concerns when you front load them, like, and I've seen this with multiple people in the missional church moment, uh, we're just, and even you linked to Brian Zahn's article today uh, about, you know, you could be a Gnostic, Gnostic if you're, if you're in the online church and it's just like, why are we front loading all these concerns? Um, it feels like a reflective thing that doesn't fit the moment. And so that's my main concern is that questions about, um, consumer Christianity or questions about uh, we're becoming Gnostics if we really value these things. So the question is that I would put to you, Dave, is if there was someone on the margin of your community who got to know like the Linlovs and the Burr Bombs and yourself, and uh, this becomes an existential crisis for them and their family, and they start wondering about God, and they're looking for churches to go to, and they're on Facebook at 10 a.m. Um, on a Sunday morning, um, but you're not posting your service and you're not creating an opportunity to gather them into your actual embodied community, but some other local church is, uh, and maybe that local church is a deficient gospel or, or you know, has bad community, aren't you missing an opportunity to actually pull that person into deeper um, communion in the midst of this existential kind of like crisis that we're in? And I feel like we're like, and so that's where I'm like, I, 
like people my age and younger, I think are just kind of going like, I don't get why everybody who, and this is why, you know, and I'm not a big, okay, boomer kind of guy. I hate that. But like, it did feel that moment. Like we're fighting like eighties and nineties battles and I'm not sure it's 2020. Like, I'm not sure that this all fits. Okay. So, uh, frankly, I don't as a rule like to engage in hypotheticals. Like what if somebody came the from thing, the planet the thing that Mars, I described fell is- in my front no no but what what i explained is actually happening in our church right now even in grand rapids like people are like friends of people and they're like i need to be a part of church like this is showing me that i need more of god i need community and so for me and this is again like like i'm getting all this like pushback like we're just training people into online church i'm like the what i'm seeing is people are desperate for in-person relationships and the stopgap measures of online church and zoom meetings are just gateways that I think people are going to flood into in-person relationships. And I know people are like, no, that's not going to happen. And maybe it won't, but I don't know. I, th- I think it is happening. Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, I, th- so even, uh, so I had like, I think, uh, two, three large posts, outreach magazine or, uh, Missio Alliance website or other places. And uh, I have extolled the virtues of, actually I was on the radio yesterday here in, uh, in Chicago, uh, talking about the virtues of, of some of these online platforms to actually uh, develop connection in our neighborhood. Um, so I actually probably am predisposed to uh, see that as a potential value. What, uh, I think we still have to, by the way, uh, Carrie Newhoff's post, I think I looked at it yesterday after uh, this whole thing happened, 6,200 shares. Okay, 6,200 shares. It indicates, by the way, despite all the millennial Gen X, Gen Zs, not there are thousands of people, thousands of pastors. Oh, I can grow my church by building a platform off of off of my uh, Sunday morning service, I think there is a danger that needs to be spoken to here. And I think that's what Frosty's trying to do. And I certainly am saying, look, if, because I, I do know, I, I do not, I will not mention names, but I do know people who right now are using this as a means to expand their platform and, and their clicks and their ability to uh, turn goods and services into money. Actually, I've had some people that you and I know well who are against this, who find their churches falling into this trap. And by the way, they're, I'd say, in their early 40s, not their 50s or 60s. So there is something here to be talked about. But at the same point, uh, in my post that I put out, I've talked about the value of these platforms as connecting us and using these times to focus us um, and uh, bring us together. And I think the kind of thing you're talking about can happen. And so I might be convinced to share our uh, platform, say, on our website if somebody's uh, Googling and researching what churches in Westmont can I find at this time in this place. I might be convinced, but I still want I still think the caution is not only important, valuable, but uh, needs to be pointed out. We need to think through what we're doing here. Lest we do create a whole nother round of discipleship that is thin, that is cognitive only, and that makes people think they're Christians when they're not. 
So what I hear you comments, say, questions <laughs> from both of you youngins, youngins, Mike I, Moore, younger I than hear, Jeff Holdsclaw. <laughs> I hear Dave saying you're concerned that this is about people expanding their platforms, cognitive Christianity. But Jeff, I hear you saying this might be an opportunity to share the gospel. Is that Jeff? Is that accurate? Yeah, and, and so, and I've heard this a couple times, like from you and, and from others uh, that we're concerned that Christians are going to take this, the Christian leaders or Christian members or consumers are going to take this uh, as uh, as a church shopping moment or a way to expand our ministry moment. So like those problems are bad. Those problems are real. Um, so I get that. But what about um, people like the actual unchurched people who are actually looking for something? And right now, the only way we can connect with them is online. Uh, or what about the single people or the single moms um, or, you know, pe- like, like they need something. They need something. And that's where, like, I feel like, well, oh, but this might lead us in bad ways. Yeah, it, it might. It might. But, and maybe this is just like my disposition of like more optimism and more like taking things as opportunities. Like I get that, yeah. you know, but like Jesus, he casted a wide net, you know, he talks about parables about, you know, you, you go fish, the kingdom of God is like a fisherman and he gathers in the net and there's a whole bunch of fish. And then we sort them out as we go, or, you know, the kingdom of God is like a field, you know, and a robber like puts um, tares, you know, in the midst of the wheat and we're just going to let them grow together. And we're going to sort it out at the end when the angels gather in the garden. Right. And so like, things are messy. Things are just going to be messy, but why are we like, Oh, this could ruin someone's platform. Or we have a couple of elders who are glad that our giving has actually gone up because we're doing blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, that's, we need to manage and, you know, work on that stuff. But like, could this be a time of harvest? I think it could be. So why aren't the missional people saying that like over and over and over again? Instead, I see more of the, well, this could lead down the church into a consumer church. And all. so that, that's all I'm asking. And I like, hold on, Mike Frost, like, I, I like a lot of his posts, you know, like even today he posted like ways to engage your neighborhood. Like there's like, so yeah, that's, I don't know. So there we go. I'm putting my hands up. I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, so, uh, couple of questions for you one i am on my third or fourth cup of coffee so keep it going and you are uh you are on today you are simply (laughs) yeah he is snappy he is rolling (laughs) uh but uh jeff quick question have you read uh, any of my posts from the last three weeks have i read any of them yeah i've read i've read them oh you have i've read all of them oh no okay uh uh All right. Well, the point of the matter is I have been talking about the ways social media, especially platforms uh, for services and small groups and elder meetings, et cetera. Even, uh, you know, all that can be a positive during this time. Uh, I admit I haven't been focused on this one little sliver, which I think is the thing that I think all of us pastors around North America and frankly around the world can, uh, you know, figure out, uh, uh, ferret out here, figure it out what it, what it looks like to use this to reach people who are outside the church. But I think it needs to be done carefully because as I said, and I know this to be a fact, I've, I've proved it to you, 6,200 uh, 
pastors have shared Newhoff's post, thinking this is the future of the church. Um, I have shared personal engagements. I won't mention names, but they're names you know, and actually names you wouldn't know, but they're large church pastors who are afraid of succumbing to the machine that's developing out of this. So when Frosty says, let's be careful, I think it's worthy warning and discernment during this time that we do not use this in a way which sets back the formation of local incarnational engaged communities. So the other thing though is I would say um, is uh, I think, uh, uh, so there's, there's three or four ways that in our own church, uh, the Zoom platform and the other platforms we're using have been very good. Our local church services have engaged people outside of our church, but mainly word of mouth through people engaging. Uh, and yet uh, there's interactive things going on here. It's very locally engaged. It's talking about what's going on in our neighborhood. We're praying for people who are struggling. And, and it's a witness to the gospel, not just a conceptual uh, presentation of a thought uh, that transcends context. Uh, but the other thing is we're having these house group meetings that are very important. And we're having elder meetings where we're praying for our church. Uh, and, and lastly, I would say there is a hunger to be together again. And last night, I mean, there was a lot of, in, in our elder meeting, there was a lot of uh, kind of revealing of the depression and the struggle we're going through from lack of physical engagement. That's another positive, in my opinion, that comes out of these um, uh, uh, platform meetings that are happening in quarantine. So all these things are positive. Uh, and yet I think this one little thing that you're drawing attention to is something we can think more carefully about and discern. Okay. That's my little speech. And I trying to wrap sure. up the, the well, podcast. I think so something to add host clause, something to add Mike Moore. I, I think, well, go ahead, Mike. Well, J Jeff, I would just ask you, um, if the, if the incarnational attractional model, if that feels anachronistic or if it feels done and dusted for this moment, what, what would you suggest as something else or another framework, another way to think through what's happening right now? I don't think the incarnation model is anachronistic. I think playing it off of um, a consumer-oriented um, megachurch kind of uh, kind of opponent. I feel like that's what's anachronistic. And that's what I think like made me respond to Frost's post. Like this is setting us back 25 years. And so I think it's the, it's the, to use your kind of idioms, Dave, it's the antagonism by which we position what we should be doing. Like all the things that you and Mike Frost say we should be doing. I'm like, yeah, no duh. But I know, I know like mid-sized and large church pastors who have grown up under the missional church, but now find themselves in a thousand, 2000 person churches, and they're doing the incarnational thing the right way. And so for me, this moment is not, um, it's not like a for missional or against mega church or it's rather if your community, regardless of the size already values, um, and knows how to foster, um, community and participation, then you guys are probably going to move into this season uh, and use the online tools and continue fostering that community. If you're a community or if you're a church that's small or big, that has always been Sunday centric, um, fostered on an event, then you guys are going to struggle and you're probably going to try to double down on yeah. using the online material to do what you've always done. And so for me, the online or offline isn't really the question. And sometimes even the missional or non-missional, it, 
or even the consumer, like, like it's not connected to size. If you've been doing a good job fostering community, then this time is probably going to be a boon to you and you're going to keep gathering people in. If you have not fostered community, then you're going to be revealed for having not fostered community and your church is probably in trouble, whether you're 10,000 people or like, uh, you know, 70. So that's kind of like, that's where I feel like the conversation is not necessarily helping. Like, well, who are the consumers and who are not? Like, I don't know. Like just if you're fostering community, then you better keep doing that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, Hoseclaw and all his uh, <clears throat> flamboyant uh, <laughs> uh, articulations. Uh, we, there, it's been a long time. It's been a good time here, the last half hour being on. And, yeah, and thanks I, for having me on. I think I've reached one conclusion, uh, ladies Maybe and gentlemen. Maybe I was just shouting to be recognized. I have to, like, you know, burn down Dave's Facebook page just so I can get an invite <laughs> out of Theology on Mission. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is this is what happens when you send a guy, uh, a Californian from the Northwest Suburbs Church Planting to Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, Vineyard, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens. Just kidding, Jeff. Uh, uh, Okay, folks, um, it's been good. Uh, Do you have any final words? Uh, We're going to give the final word to Mike Moore. And because Jeff Holsclaw has got to get off to do his next uh, online broadcast. Of <laughs> I, I was, I was just going to make a joke and ask Jeff if his uh, midday prayer here is uh, available for everybody to attend. It is actually, if you go to the vineyard North, you know, Facebook page, you'll see a link. And there you have it, ladies it's and gentlemen. Small. Whether you're, yeah. whether you're within uh, a thousand miles of Grand Rapids or not, you can get Grand Rapids in your living. All right, I'm not gonna. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. I, I, you you ate me on. All right, but uh, it's been good. It's been good to have Jeff Holsclaw back here uh, talking some important ideas as to how we are to navigate uh, this uh, this time uh, uh, COVID nineteen uh, with the various technologies. It's been rich. It's been great. Thanks for being on here, Jeff. Uh, you can give us a review on uh, any number of the platforms, uh, Apple, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we covet uh, your reviews. Uh, we're glad you listen. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully in a month or two, we'll actually be in the Griffith yeah. Sound Studio, with, which Holesclaw actually built it's himself. Holesclaw Sound But until <laughs> then, let us be faithful to the Church of Jesus Christ wherever we are and whatever platforms we're using. Yeah. Till next time, it's Dave Fitch. Mike Moore. And Jeff Holesclaw. Over and out.